your life. Hello, <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to Breakout, an escapist conversation show about games, movies, and TV, and other things. Maybe music. I don't know. Who? Maybe theater. I don't think we've ever talked about theater. We're probably I'll be bringing up theater. theater in this episode. 100%. You're a big theater guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hello. Welcome. This is episode number 48 uh, for July 13th, 2022. Um, my name is Mario Sleva. As always, I'm joined by Nick Calandra. And uh, filling in for KC while he is out gallivanting at his new gig is Jamate, the wonderful Jamate. You can just come back. It's me. Uh, how, how are you guys doing? It's Wednesday morning. It's good. We're on a Google Hangout and not a Discord, which I think is very exciting. People are surprised Nick is here, which I don't know why. Nick is always. Oh, yeah. they thought you were in Vegas. Yeah. You're not, not in Vegas till tomorrow. Until tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what they say? What happens in Vegas doesn't start happening until tomorrow because that's not until when the day Nick. That is exactly what they say. Yeah. Even <laughs> in England, we know that phrase. Yeah. That's actually etched on the sign when you when you enter Vegas from, from, yeah, yeah. from Route 66. Uh, how how are you guys doing? So yeah, oh yeah, we uh, as you can see here, our, our main topic today is going to be uh, uh, we've all been playing uh, different types of sort of branching story games, yeah, like stuff like the Quarry and and Disco Elysium and uh, as Dusk Falls, which I can talk a little bit about. Um, and so we just kind of wanted to talk about how obviously games are the um, like inherent as a medium allow players to author their own stories um and sort of seeing how the prime examples of those stack up against stories that are actually singular authored by you know a, a writer and a developer so we'll kind of dig into the nitty-gritty of that um and then nick has uh more impressions of his steam deck which it turns out shaming him into using it more on the podcast worked mm. so um i'm not a big fan of shaming people but you know what sometimes it gets the job done so you're uh, fan of, no i think you are a fan of shaming and bullying people <laughs> Mm-hmm. Listen, if it's right, what is the what is the difference between bullying and being a superhero? If it gets them to do what you want, you're a fan of either thing. I'm bullying <laughs> in the name of righteousness, like Captain I only America. Like bullying if it gets me to my end goal. Yeah, so, I mean, Captain. Yeah. I bet like the Nazis would have been like Captain America's a bully, but he was fighting for truth and justice, and that fight is exactly like this fight. Hey, the having a Steam always... Deck and not playing it is what Hydra would do. Yeah, the win is right. The history books, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As Andrew Hickabottom says, hashtag uh, deck shaming. Uh, and yeah, as you all know, uh, thank you for joining us live. Um, this show and all of your other faves on the Escapist are funded by your super chats and your donos and your and your memberships. So those are all appreciated. So if you want to get your little chitty chat comments in, we'll we'll read those out at the end. Uh, b- before we jump into the the story the story topic, uh, the the news this morning that broke was that Bayonetta three is coming out October twenty eighth. Ah. Uh. What? Um, I haven't seen that. I've been busy. Yeah, oh. trailer just came out an hour ago. Um, Nintendo doesn't <laughs> yeah, like making a Nintendo doesn't like making a big deal of anything. Like, I feel like any other uh, company if like, they wanted to really like let people know they have a big fall game coming out, they'd kind of make a to do about it instead of like an eight a.m. Like, look, here's a trailer. But this is how they do it, right? Because they're so stealthy with their drops and their directs. Everyone's always on edge. Yeah, like it could be coming. And because they always know Marty will be there to buy their games. Yeah. Okay. Besides the ones. Hey, I'm the sign Strikers is the only one. <laughs> Maybe not Bayonetta. I don't know. The trailer what? didn't do anything for me. I don't know. The trailer didn't do anything for me. I don't want to like uh and obviously it's just a trailer, but um judging by That's Jamate's right. uh, weird sexual noise he made and Nick obviously I, is a new I a love newfound convert to Bayo. So you guys are excited <laughs> I for this? love Bayonetta for sure. I mean yeah. I I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. I wouldn't say I'm like super excited about it. I like the first oh, two that I played this year. I love them. I played them back to back, and I absolutely I adore it. I'm, I'm also a bit of a Nintendo shill. I'm gonna jump on that uh, train with Marty. Oh, no. I literally bought three Switch games in like one go 
the other day. I was just like, and I was like, I need to stop. I need to stop. Were they on sale? If they're on sale, no. it's fine. It's just a good. No, I purchase. I went. I was like having a hankering to play some Pokemon, so I bought Brilliant Diamond, and I went. Well, if I'm getting Diamond, I might as well get Pearl. And I was like, Oh, oh look, you're, uh, you're the worst. That's weird. <laughs> I was like, That's well, even I've where got, I draw. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 back the fuck up. You only buy have, one version. I also yeah, I, do I have a flatmate who uh, a housemate who also plays Pokemon. So I was like, I'll get it, and then he he can play that. Uh, yeah, and I also got um, Switch Sports, which I haven't even opened yet. I haven't. Yeah, I also have that and have not opened it. Yeah, uh, same. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was like, I, I kept thinking like that looks really fun, and then I just haven't touched it yet. <laughs> haven't touched it. Yeah, it sounds like we're part of the problem. We, well, I like yes. playing Switch in handheld mode, and they're like, "Well, you can't do this in handheld mode." And I'm like, "Well, maybe I'm I don't gonna bowl to with my actual Switch. I'm just gonna chuck <laughs> See, it down the room." That seems like a yeah. That seems like a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Nintendo's uh, uh, fall is is slowly um, sort of ironing out. They have uh, Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope uh, October 20th, and then a week later, Bayonetta 3, and then uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are going to be uh, November 18th. So that's two more games that Jabate's going to buy, Scarlet and Violet, of course. Yeah, I'll um, find an excuse. He's, yeah. Well, they've got, that, they've got that double pack deal on Switch for $120, which is a great deal because, yeah. Hey, sales tax. You only pay one sales tax. I will, I will legit be buying that, so we can joke all we want. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's funny. The week a Pokemon game comes out, you can go to like the eShop and see the three best-selling games, and it's always one version of Pokemon, the other version of Pokemon, and then the bundle of Pokemon. Yeah. I'm like, God damn it. Nintendo makes so much money. Imagine if every game that came out had like yeah. a version of that, like Call of Duty, like like. You're putting ideas in the industry, quit it. A Russian and an American version, and they've got slightly differing stories. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Instead of a no Russian level, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah feel free to use, <laughs> use, use Russian. <laughs> uh, or a bad. Oh, look at that. You could do Madden and just do like 32 different versions of Madden. With, there you uh, do yeah. that. <laughs> with all the. Well, see, there you go. One for each team. Yeah. Yeah. One for each team. Um, so, yeah, that was Nintendo's big thing. And I'm, I'm still expecting, I mean, the the. You know, the, the the worst kept secret has been that the Zelda ports are finished, both Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, and as well as this Metroid Prime top-down remake. Um, and it seems like maybe one of those could be slotted in then, but, you know, if Nintendo has Splatoon in September and then those aforementioned games in um, October and November, like, do they really need anything else? And I guess it all kind of depends sure when is I'm Breath sure of the Wild going to come out. for Christmas. Yeah, but usually that, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be as of right now. December is pretty. Uh, December is pretty light. Uh, you know, aside from uh, the Callisto Protocol and and assuming that Final Fantasy VII uh, Crystal, or Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, Reunion, man, games, colon, they have names. very bad names. Yeah, this, uh, uh, this yeah. holiday season filled up real quick. Yeah. 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 It was feeling real dry, like up until about a month ago, and that's like, yeah. oh god. It's definitely definitely getting a late start though like uh, september sure. september and august like luckily we don't really have to rely on the you know uh the the churn of new triple a releases um with all the stuff we do but um Thanks, guys. yeah I'm, I'm i'm feeling for places that like rely on on ad revenue and those big games mm. because uh man oh man that's uh that's slim pickings in terms of big stuff in the next couple of months so yeah yeah um cool do you want, oh and andrew hickam i'm sorry you excited about the fall guys kirby i'm absolutely excited about that i like it so it's it's, it's a four-player kirby racing game where, where you just try to eat a bunch of cake and you become fatter and it looks like a fall guy stage and it looks incredible i'm down i'm so yeah. down 
uh, I put in the game night uh, uh, channel we have that we're playing it uh, every week forever until the end of time, and I've heard no um, no one say no. So. <laughs> no gripes. I think I responded just keen. Yeah. So I think after if, if that goes 24 hours without one nay, then it's uh, truth. So look forward to uh, playing that uh, 57 weeks in a row. Um uh see so yeah, it you want to you want to jump on our our main topic this this uh linear stories versus branching path stuff Sure yeah, well you know what it doesn't fucking matter if you want to cuz we're doing it anyways Oh shit well <laughs> see you thought these were branching paths but they weren't this was a linear story Oh my god this, this is a linear podcast <laughs> Oh god Um yeah so uh, as as I mentioned at the top sort of you know game games are are unique um you know in in against other mediums like movies or tv and being able to have stories where where you as the the consumer are able to have a say in how they turn out and whether that's um you know choose your own adventure stuff like the super massive games like the quarry or until dawn or or um you know all of telltale's games or um sort of rpgs that have a lot of different dialogue that allow you to uh uh not only impact who your character is but like their impact on the world so you can look at bioware games like mass effect or even the aforementioned disco elysium um so i guess just at the time and obviously all of this has to be padded in the there is no this is the good way to make a game and this is the the wrong way to make For a sure. game like any you can make a linear game that has an awful story you can make a branching game that has an awful story or you can make ones that have good stories um so i just sort of wanted to get your your temperatures i guess we'll start with nick um like do you are you keen to play uh games with branching stories do you prefer games that are more linear um and i guess what are some examples of branching ones that kind of stick out to you as, as done particularly well um yeah, I'm. I think I'm more a fan of the linear stories, like you know, God of War, Uncharted, all that kind of stuff. Ghost of Tsushima. Um, <laughs> I guess a lot of Sony first-party stuff does that really well. There you go. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I can't say I can't recall like any like RPG game like Skyrim or anything where like I was really invested in the story of it, where I could just you know kind of do it in any any fashion I wanted or anything. Um, I don't. I think it's kind of hard to. At least for me, it's hard. Like, I, like, it's hard to get connected to a game where the protagonist and everything doesn't really have a character. And I think a lot of those branching games do that. Um, even like the, you know, I'm playing the core right now. I, I haven't gotten that far into it. I've just been too busy with other stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I don't know if I really consider even like the core a branching narrative because, like, you're just making choices to get to the final conclusion, really. Um, so I consider more branching narrative stuff to be like Skyrim or, or I guess I don't even know. Like what would what would you? Because I, I mean, I would think of the quarry a hundred percent as a. It's a it's a branching I, narrative, I but you still get you, you're still going to get to the same conclusion in all those branching narratives. They're still technically linear because Jay, you just kind of went over a video how your your illusion of choice, yeah. or it's kind of you're ending up at the same you you're getting there in a different path, but you're ending up at the same conclusion regardless. Yeah. They're, they're called different types of divergences. Um, so obviously I'm <laughs> going to have a lot to say about this topic. Uh, I, I'm quite passionate about it anyway, but also I'm in the midst of making a little series on the illusion of choice. So, so it's been but on like, your mind for quite a while? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to make this these videos for ages and Nick was like, hell yeah, do it. Um, but basically, yeah. So the quarry could be 
described as a branching narrative or what we would describe as a branching narrative as a consumer. But from a design perspective, they're using things called uh, parallel divergences, skip divergences, aesthetic divergences. These are things I go over in my episode where you are effectively being having a hood put over your head for you to not realize that you're going to the same outcome. Um, so an example of a parallel divergence would be there's a track A and there's a track B. Track A just brings you straight to the where they want you to be, the, the conclusion. But track B is a choice you can make that's wildly different. When you take that track B, something wild happens, but the outcome of that decision will always bring you back onto the track A. But it feels like you made a decision. Um, a really bad example of this, which I go over in the video, is Tales of the Walking Dead where there's a choice between two characters and you get to choose which lives and which dies. And then the entirety of episode two is spent doing, regardless of who you choose, it's the exact same progression. And then that character dies anyway at the end of that episode. So that entire episode means nothing, literally nothing. And then so when they get to like the, the later episodes, they don't have to deal with which one you chose to live or die. Exactly. Mostly it's, because both of them are gone. You are always on the same track. You're always doing the exact same thing. Those choices don't matter. Literally, they have no outcome yeah based on um based on that so like i I'd they, like yeah. yeah i you know i, I know like the branch pair uh storylines like mass effect where you, you know make choices where other people are going to die or whatever like that i i don't mind those campaigns but i just don't feel as connected to the characters as i do as like something like the last of us where like it's a story being told to me i'm not a huge fan of i guess it's mostly because i'm not like a big role player so i'm not a huge fan of like making my own stories and games for a lot of things unless it's like an emergent narrative where I'm playing a multiplayer game like squad yesterday and you know we were holding that west novo town and like that was a really cool story that came out of that where i was playing the squad kind of thing making my own emergent things but as far as branching stuff i'm, I'm definitely not i'm not in that camp where I, I find that i get heavily invested in it like i do like a good linear story told well yeah i'm in a i'm in a very similar boat like personal taste i can and I, I don't particularly want to, I can wax about like the designs of these type of things for years, but on a personal level, I personally really like linear, well-told stories. The you, you were saying, Marty, like you can have a really well-told branching narrative, um, mm-hmm. one that hides these divergences um, really, really well, hides the tricks really well, but it's a lot harder to do. And that's why I prefer really tight, well-written um narratives like god of war i think is fantastically written yeah games um i I feel like i'm also i'm growing a bit tired of uh games that make you so immediately aware that you're making an important decision um and you know those were sort of telltale things where you'd make a decision and then it would say so and so would remember it or you know the game kind of grounds to a halt like i'm 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 uh, playing as dusk falls now which um my full three mile will be out next week but uh, there's a preview embargo up for the first few chapters but without spoiling it that was the game um they they showed off at the microsoft conference um originally a couple of years ago but re-revealed it um you know just last month and that's the game that has that choose your own adventure with like the strange sort of semi rotoscoped art that the mm. very framey stuff um but it is very much um very similar to telltale in its approach to um you're making dialogue choices and sort of do you care do you want your character to do a or b and that's going to impact what happens um but every time one of those pops up it feels like such a my brain stops engaging with it as a story and starts engaging with it as a mechanism mm-hmm. and so i hit a point where it's like okay i know 
I need to say A or B here, and this is going to have a dramatic impact, as opposed to having those sort of consequences be subtle in my gameplay decisions. And I think games that are able to do that, that are able to have big consequences for my actions when I don't even realize that those actions are going to have consequences are that's like really good game design. And I was trying to think of some recent examples of that. And it's weird. The the, the thing that was immediately coming to mind is recent for me because I was playing it recently was um, just funny enough, a game from like 25 years ago in Chrono Trigger. And uh, there's the game starts off at this, this fair and you, you're Chrono and you meet the, your main party member, Marl. And uh, you're able to do a couple things at the fair and you can, um, you know, you bump into her and you can choose to either see if she's okay or pick up her locket that fell down. Uh, you, you, you see a lunch on a counter and you can choose to grab it and grab the items or leave it be. A little girl uh, has, has lost her cat and you can choose to try to find the cat and help her get back to it. And none of those things have consequences in the moment. Like a thing doesn't pop up saying you got morality points, uh, but later on in the game, you're put on trial. And uh, the witnesses are the things in those moments. So if you helped the girl up instead of trying to grab her locket, a witness will come and say, like, well, he's not a bad guy. He bumped into a girl and, and you know, helped her up. Or a little girl will say, like, oh, I lost my cat and Chrono helped me find it. And those are really good, especially for a game from 1994, like really good examples of stuff where the the choices aren't a two bubbles pop up and you pick one of them, but like literally just what you are doing through the gameplay itself, which I thought was really kind of ahead of its time. And it makes it feel more meaningful. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, Witcher free does this really well. Uh, Disco Elysium does it really well where you're making very simple decisions. Disco Elysium is very overt with telling you that there's a chance of these things happening. Um, but also your small decisions in your dialogue also matter. And you've got to make the player realize that these small dialogue choices they're making, even if you do this once at the beginning of the game, you make a small dialogue piece matter and mm-hmm. change something. And now every single dialogue that ever comes up in the future, you care about and you want to read. You're not just looking for that. Is this a decision I'm making? Um, and that makes it super, super engaging. Yeah. But they're yeah. rare because they're really hard to write. Yeah, really I like. Yeah, write. I really like when the gameplay, just playing the game, can diverge your story path. Where yeah, I if if it comes down to like clicking A, B, or C, I don't like that. And uh, yeah, I think no. too many developers rely on that because even even like Gears Five, I wish like there you know spoiler for anybody that hasn't played it, but most of you watched it with us, I think. At the end of the game, you have to make a choice whether to save one character or the other, mm-hmm. and I hate that. It's like because it, that takes it out of the moment. Is like. This, well, this it, it wasn't a shock to me at that point. Now it's like, oh, yeah. crap, I have to make an option. So, like, why not in gameplay? Like, if I had engaged with one character over the other, then at the end, that character that I didn't, either I did engage with more to get a heavier in, emotional impact or the character I engaged with less, like, gets off without my decision-making in it. But yeah, I did there was, like, a series of choices throughout the game that you didn't realize were all building towards that, like... Yeah. You have to share a meal with one character or another, or you know, you have you get a cool weapon, you can give it to one character or another. And so these little choices all lead up. You think in the moment they're not that big, but they all lead up to eventually who lives and who dies. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's weird because there's this weird balance you have to strike between making the outcome of those choices. Some of them are really superfluous, right? I gave them a piece of lunch or I did this or and mm-hmm. then that has its own impact. But also having it be a shock based on your decision making is really interesting so instead of having that kind of i agree completely shitty who's gonna die pick who dies 
um outcome where it's very black and white and it i think it really draws me personally out of the game it could be like you said in gameplay there could be these characters split up and they go in different directions they don't even tell you pick a path you just follow one of them mm-hmm. and then it ends up leading to the other one's death because you left them to die and yeah. then that makes you care about everything that happens every step that an npc takes every corridor you go down you're now thinking about anything yeah. that drives engagement because that's all we want i say this in, in my episode as developers all we could ever want is just players to care about what the people in our world and what they're doing in in our world and that type of stuff does make them care well that, and i'm playing wasteland 3 on the editor's hour right now which i think does all this very well because uh we were playing the other day and there was like they some of the characters you meet that join your squad have like certain traits that they, the game doesn't really tell you about but like they, they might like if you start killing civilians like they're gonna leave your party and so when we got to kill santa claus like one of the most important characters in my story just said no i'm done with you i'm not doing this anymore i had no idea that was gonna happen understandably so yeah well i mean santa i yeah i blew up all his little elves but you know <laughs> unintentionally but yeah that that's exactly what i'm on about that's incredible because it makes your decision making instead of thinking it literally saying in a text box if you do this x will happen and if you don't this will happen yeah you have to think and you have to think about your relationship and the characters um backstories and who they are as people which just really pulls you in and that's really 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 good great yeah, design. And, and my my thing wasn't even a choice it was just an accident <laughs> i didn't mean to blow everybody up and she's like i hate you see ya. but that's way more memorable yeah. that's way more memorable yeah it's awesome yeah, it's funny. I keep a I keep a list uh, notes on my phone every year of all like the games I play and movies I play, and then I kind of rank them at the end. And I was going back like when I knew we were doing this topic, and I was going back to my to my ten favorite games of each year, and I kept going back, and I literally as I was scrolling back, I think six years, I didn't find a single one that I would describe as branching narratives or like <laughs> in this sort of vein. Um, however, a lot of the games I really gravitated towards felt like they had authored stories not in the oh well i got a different ending than you because i sided with a instead of b but in just the way i experienced their world and whether that's you know we bang the drum on these the same games time and time again it's you know elden ring and outer wilds and breath of the wild and and uh death stranding like games that ultimately you know even like outer wilds has like a few different endings and stuff like ultimately most people are going to get the same ending but it's not about like the the choices you make and the stories you have along the journey aren't about the destination. Like the destination is almost like superfluous to it. Um, it's it's about those micro stories that you have that do feel authored and do feel singular to you, even though maybe that's just good game design is creating these little moments of discovery that you don't, that you feel like are genuine discovery, yeah. but the developers just sort of are like, well, we meant it to feel that way. Yeah. And, and I don't know a- if I consider that branching though. I'd still consider that more, I guess emergent. I don't consider it branching at all. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A way um, I like to describe our wilds is it's like an information Metroidvania. So mm-hmm. you're constantly getting uh, different pieces of I've information. I've heard it described as a Metroidvania. You. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's exactly what it is. It's information you're gathering that leads you to be able to unlock new information. Mm-hmm. And that feels completely organic, even though you are very strictly following an incredibly linear path. Yeah. You have to do all of these things to be able to get to uh, the end of the game. Mm -hmm. But 
it's it's just super hard to write it's all of these games that we're we're harking on about that have really um just hit us with this, these kind of choices that aren't obvious with all the tricks they're using are just incredibly written they're so well written yeah i mean you know that's the thing like- had surprisingly good branching narrative which you probably wouldn't expect me to say call okay. of duty black ops 2 i i'm gonna go on stance here and i might be burnt but i think and i might make a video about this yeah i think the call of duty single player games are way way better than people give them credit for oh yeah most of them are i think i mean infinite warfare and everything was great too yeah i I can't remember which one it was um which was the one in space was that infinite warfare yeah 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 if you play that on hardcore like the hardest difficulty your individual limbs and eyes can be damaged and you lose (laughs) control over them and if you, you can break your leg and you like hobble around and you can lose an arm then and I'm you can't there. use an assault rifle, you have to use a pistol. And it's it's so good and it's so well designed. Huh. Um, was Infinite Warfare, Warfare the one with Jon Snow? Yes. I think Warfare? so, yeah. Yes, yeah. Kevin Spacey. It was not the one with Kevin Spacey, though. No, that's that advanced, advanced Warfare. Okay, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> but yeah, like the... Uh, yeah, some of the some of the some of the Call of Duty games like have hidden choices that you wouldn't even expect to be there. And they're that's kind of neat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I also think is. like Call of Duty campaigns are some of the rare, like, just, I don't know, just short single player shooter campaigns. Like yeah. that's a yeah. that's a torch that's kind of going out, and Call of Duty is like one of the few things carrying it. Um, so they're clean. They're super clean. Yeah, yeah you can see the money put into it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I don't get like I don't know. You can hate on Call of Duty all you want, and there's a million reasons to hate on Call of Duty. But oh, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm personally glad we still get those campaigns. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You know? um, one thing I. Uh, find interesting is with these branching games um when you finish them how they sort of uh convey their stats to you um and uh so every every time you finish a chapter in as dusk falls you get to examine a flow chart that has a very detailed sort of branching like this is where your story went this is what percentage of people made this decision and then you can also see how many blank spots are there for like oh shit well i made this decision but if i would have made this decision this locked me out of all this stuff and it reminded me a little bit of um in the uh uh visual novels uh like 999 and virtue's last reward they do a similar thing and uh it's nice because you're able to after you finish you don't have to just restart the game and play through the entire thing you can choose where in the story you want to jump into and so you jump into a story it'll have kind of you know instanced everything you did beforehand decision wise and then you can you know start making those branches again to see like oh i really want to see what would happen if i you know tried to fire this gun at a person as opposed to dropping on the ground or something Mm -hmm. um so i kind of like and i don't i can't remember because i haven't finished the quarry and i haven't finished or i haven't played until dawn in forever and i can't remember if at the end of the game they did that like they sort of almost create it looks like ostensibly a design doc of it's the quantic dream chart uh do, does quantic dream do that as well yeah, I, yeah. I could, okay yeah. i knew i'd seen it in different places but the only one virtue's last reward was just the most recent thing i played so i don't remember if heavy rain had it but i know beyond two i think beyond two souls had it and then uh detroit become human definitely had it okay yeah and i think it's i, I don't like what do you what do you how do you guys feel like about do you feel like that creates like a sense of artificiality or do you like being able to sort of almost get a 
peek behind the curtains and in, in how everything was i wish was... i wish it wasn't shown to me like after i finish a chapter i wish it was because i don't want i want my choices to feel organic and like yeah. not that i miss something because then it feels like a puzzle game to me i'd rather just like if i want to see that show it to me after the game is done or something like that but a lot of times on like quantic dream games now they're showing it at the end of a chapter and you're like, oh well, I could have taken this path and done this, and it's like, no, yeah. let me just let me just have my story and then show me. Yeah, I I'm I like the idea of at the end of the game seeing it and being able to pick places to go back to. Yeah, um, because there are you know some choices that feel more meaningful than others that you want to go back to. I don't like the idea of doing it in moment to moment gameplay. It's just another level of telling the player that they are making a choice. I feel yeah. it takes takes me out um it makes it feel inorganic and then being shown what could or couldn't have happened it's not just you are making a choice be careful it's because of your choice you're not going to get to see this and that just makes me want to go back and making me not commit to my decisions just makes me feel like shit yeah, divinity so, divinity original sin 2 is amazing at that like you, yeah. if there's certain things, like you can completely miss entire characters just by not talking to them. I love that and game. You can completely miss entire set pieces by not talking to them, and it's like, yeah, that doesn't tell you anything at the end of a at the end of the chapter. It warns you, like, hey, you're not coming back here. Is there anything else you want to do? But it doesn't say like, hey, you missed talking to this and this and this and this and this and this, and you know, this isn't gonna happen. You didn't get this weapon, whatever. Like, I think. um like if you really want the branching paths, like I think like CRPGs are really like the best at it. I mean, and that's mm. what they're that's what they're built around anyway. Yeah, because of just the the content that you can effectively skip. Mm-hmm. There's lots of stuff that you can miss, but then the game's very clever in telling you in an organic way that you've missed things, not uh, a stat screen at the end of a level saying you didn't talk to X amount of NPCs. It's I talk about it in my video. There's a a phenomenon called opportunity costs where if you have two choices and you pick one you'll always be thinking what if i pick the other one and that is deep seated in our in our brains we can't really get rid of it now that goes through the roof if you then start telling the player exactly what they missed and that <laughs> opportunity costs just get worse and worse and worse and then you want to go back and then you're not you're then just playing for me like you then it, i'm very aware that i'm playing a game I'm playing a constructed thing rather than um, like doing it myself. I'm playing, I'm, I'm changing to a different track and I don't want yeah. to be reminded I'm on a track. Yeah. And like, uh, I like knowing I miss things, not because the game told me, but because I end up talking to other people who've played it and like, yeah. I don't know, again, to, to bang on the same fucking five drums we always bang on. Like, if you would have finished Breath of the Wild, it's never like, oh, man, you never found Eventide Island. But if <laughs> you would finish it and not find Eventide Island and then talk to someone and they were like, oh, did you get to the island where they strip you of all your items and weapons and you have to, like, forage for shit? You'd be like, oh, my God, no, I didn't. That sounds great, incredible. I want to I find it. Or the same thing, like, I don't know, if you never go to the whatever the fuck that tree is called in Elden Ring where we're at the bottom of it millennia is like is the you can so easily you would so easily miss that like the game never tells you to go there the game never directs you to go there when you get to the ending it's not like oh well it could have been better if you would have beat that awful she devil at the bottom of the rot tree yeah the Elden Ring is a perfect example of that like um we we all played it a lot and because I was making episode, episodes on it I played it like twice 
and thought I tried to see everything. I wanted to see everything before I finished my episodes on it. And then um, it came out and I could like speak to a friend about it. And he was like, oh, yo, Jay, have you found this in Limgrave? And I was like, what? And I hadn't <laughs> the found literal that first thing area in Limgrave, of the game. The yeah. first area, which I thought I'd swept through. And I was like, oh my God. And I found like a, a new kind of like cave system that I hadn't been in. That was yeah. really interesting. And that just sparked my enjoyment of the game again. I was like, mm. I want to go back out. I want to look for things because it stops being a checklist and starts being discovery. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember reading when uh, Dark Souls first came out, like what few, what tiny percentage of people found the painted world, you know, which was an entirely optional area and doesn't have any any impact on the ending or the story or anything at all. But you start thinking about those like things of like telling a, a single linear story is is a miracle that first off any game exists and then it is another miracle that any game story is good and so you get to a point where if things are supposed to branch and you're supposed to have a million different outcomes or anything like it is i I can't even fathom the amount of work that would go into you know creating endings like okay having not played uh mass effect i i I know about all the 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 hullabaloo that came out of the ending because it ultimately came down to binary decisions at the end that didn't really impact the hundred hours of, of choices you've been making along the way but when I think of that, I'm like, well, fucking of course. Like, how many endings yeah. were they supposed to make? Yeah. Given how many variables ostensibly players could have had in their three games of choices. Yeah, this is why we use those tricks I uh, talk mm-hmm. about in my Disco Elysium video. Because if you have two branching paths, like actual branching paths, the player makes a decision and it completely changes the game. Mm-hmm. One of those decisions is ultimately going to be a lot more fun for a majority of the players. Yeah. So why not put twice as much development into that decision and just make the other one get back onto that? That's because it's just going to end in a better game. Um, we just need to mask them really, really well. It's just a shame yeah. a lot of games don't. Yeah. yeah. It, I think like, yeah, it's become like almost a trope in games where like, oh, hey, you're at the ending. Do you want to continue? <laughs> it's like, don't. Yeah. Like, it's every. How many games are doing that these days? We're like, yep, you can't go yeah. back once you go here. Are you sure there's nothing yeah, else the, you want to do? Yeah, sort of the point, like, the point of no return. Yeah. Um, which I get. Like, I appreciate those in RPGs, honestly. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, feel like every like Final Fantasy game is like some party member be like, listen, once we go into the Northern Cave, we can't come back. Like, once we head into this craver. We're, we can't go back and i'm like okay like it's a very it's a trophy nice... though isn't it you could see yeah, you like your choices are locked in and it's book. like yeah it's like but so to i guess to completely spit in the face of my own argument before where i said <laughs> i don't want to know uh that i'm making a big choice there are certain times where like when i started playing persona games for real um I don't know why I said for real. Like I was like fake playing them before. I just <laughs> wasn't. I just wasn't playing years. Persona before, and, yeah, and yeah. now I do. Um, pretty much all of the modern ones have um, sort of like a third act that you can ostensibly miss if you either make a couple wrong decisions or you don't um, grow your bond with specific characters. And they're not like super opaque. It's kind of like if make the decisions that that character that your main character would make as a hero. But I know people who were saying, I think someone, someone maybe it was Eve or someone in, in the, in the community was talking about how they missed the final act of, I think persona five Royal, because they <laughs> didn't have a strong enough confidant level with a character that the game never really tells you that, you know what, you should really have a level 10 uh, bond with this person before you hit this day in the calendar. Because if you don't, you're literally not going to see the, 
conclusion of the game and that kind of stuff is bullshit like it's complete bullshit yeah um and so yeah i mean they, you should just be able to get there regardless like that shouldn't be sort of artificially locked behind a couple weird um you know values you have to hit with with a handful of characters yeah it, it just depends on the game right and again comes back to incredible writing because Disco Elysium is an example. I'm sorry, I keep coming back to it. It's just so fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. But the entire, no spoilers, but the, the premise of that game is there is a corpse hanging in a tree and your job is to get it down and then figure out the mystery, right? You're a cop. You can complete that game without ever getting the corpse down. Instead Which of being like, you, like, you haven't done a thing incident. you can't yeah. complete. They were like, yeah, instead of saying, you can't do this thing because you haven't done this arbitrary thing, they're saying, do you know the thing you're meant to do? Well, you don't need to do it. Carry on. Just play <laughs> how you want. And it's just, that's how well-written it is. It's just Yeah, and part incredible. of it is also, I think it takes place in such a um, dense and compact world. You know, if, if Disco Elysium was this sprawling open world with a hundred different cities and forests between them all and everything, you wouldn't really, really be able to do that. But it, it almost like... To me, uh, like a long time ago, Warren Spector was talking about, like uh, Warren Spector, the the you know the Deus Ex um, creator and everything like that, was talking yeah. about the future of sort of storytelling in games. And he said the game he wanted to create was it would just take place on a single block in a city, but yeah. you would make it so dense and so absolutely crammed with with um, characters and little decisions and and things you could do that um, every playthrough would feel different. And I guess that's almost like the, you know, it's like a similar thought of the the kind of the time loop mechanic in something like Outer Wilds to where you're ostensibly exploring what is a small group of environments. But by virtue of having to loop over and over, you're sort of you're, you're creating density out of them uh by mm. by going through over and over and slowly putting together different pieces of everything yeah i haven't finished it but i think like old game that like mixes the two of these in like the best way is probably return of the Oberdin. yeah yeah on the chip yeah, so, yeah. The very very linear depending on what information you piece together you're gonna get you know <laughs> you're either gonna figure out the mystery or not yeah yeah um yeah and it is i think that's fascinating yeah yeah yeah. and you can finish the game without solving the mystery like you can finish the game and they're ultimately like well you didn't do a very good job of of figuring out what the hell happened here but i guess we're done yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's a really good example Nick, because that kind of is talking about everything we're talking about because they do tell you well you didn't you weren't right because not confirming that the things you got were right is telling you that they're wrong Mm. which is doing the thing we said we didn't really like, but I don't mind it in Oberdin because I care about every single piece of information mm-hmm. that I get, and it makes every correct piece of information that I get feel incredible. Like, I love it. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of, per se, you're not really making a decision, but you're kind of deducing um, concrete, linear uh, narrative things. But I do feel like I'm making lots of decisions in that game. Well, Oberdin's fantastic. Yeah, and I yeah. think like a lot of like detective mechanics end up coming down like, oh, look at this little magnifying glass and click on the clue. I think it's like, I, I would imagine like detective games are probably like one of the hardest, if not the hardest games to make. 
yeah, yeah, especially if you don't just like so many games um, kind of like lean on detective vision. <laughs> like, let's turn on detective oh, vision. God. No, there's I, a smattering I, yeah, on the ground. Vision. Let's yeah. see what's going on with the smattering. Um, yeah. Make people care about the world and what is happening and read read what uh, the quest is about so they can deduce it themselves. That's the entire premise of being a detective. Let yeah. me be a detective. The game's yeah. going to be infinitely harder without detective vision. But that being said, so uh, in the the latest, the Batman, the the Robert Pattinson one, he's just like a terrible detective, which is really funny to me. So that's like he's like a video game detective where he'll be like looking at a thing and he'll be like, I don't know what this means, and then just someone next to him will be like, Oh, I solved the riddle. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's this yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like Batman, why are you so bad at this? Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, speaking of detective stuff um, and even branching stories, the the game I, again. I want I, I keep banging the drum about these. I want more people to play them, but. Um, her story and telling lies mm-hmm. which again the the third game by that team is coming out in just like a week or two uh, immortality which was a game that we saw a couple times during summer game fest which i'm really excited about and those are games that like are right up there with like Oberdin, the games that like literally make me feel like a detective and i think those would all fall under metroid brainias hmm. yeah Two tunics of Metroid Brainia, the witnesses of metroid Brainia, uh, any game where 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 your knowledge is ultimately the thing that gets you through it so um yeah i don't know good it, it, i'm I'm also excited to see as as games evolve of, of folks being able to do branching narratives in more interesting ways i was hopeful that 12 minutes was going to be a game that really like pushed things forward and um you know what we'll just say it didn't it pushed things like, somewhere it pushed it somewhere yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think it's going to be quite rare that we see um any game do anything incredibly interesting with branching paths unless they have an incredible amount of development time yeah because it's really really difficult to do um there i think disco elysium is like the lord of the rings of video games like the movies because it's just lightning in a bowl it's not going to happen again um it's just everything went right well i guess i guess uh pentiment is the one to keep an eye on in that regard then it's like a, what, a mm. medieval detective game yeah 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 i was I'm... actually gonna bring that up of a game that like that's one i have i have hopes for um b- between like you know microsoft's funding and obsidian's development and josh sawyer's pedigree on stuff like fallout new vegas um and the kind of smaller scope of the game like i feel like you're able to get those again disco elysium is able to do it so well because it is a relatively smaller scope compared to a massive open world or something yeah. like that yeah but it feels deep like you were saying yeah. adding depth to those environments yeah, and yeah. it all comes back to that writing everything connects to each other and mm-hmm. you don't need to do any of it but every piece of information you gather feels relevant even when none of it is like being really cynical if you go into that game you know completing it or knowing all of these tricks this is why i was very reluctant to kind of make this series because once i point out these tricks you'll you start seeing them everywhere mm-hmm. and it makes games worse <laughs> yeah. because you've seen behind the curtain um you've seen the horrible choice wizard um but n- nothing really matters like very very small decisions in that game actually matter the rest are just superfluous but they just feel like they do and i think that's the important part as long as the writing makes me care mm-hmm. about all of these divergences yep. um then then it's fine yeah i still yep and you know the question in the title is like which which do you prefer i still prefer my linear stories that's like for this year i'm like really excited about like plague tale requiem and you know stuff that 
has characters I, I care about uh, because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of choice games make me not care about the characters too much. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of glad to see like some more of those linear action adventure games coming out again and characters that, you know, you can really get behind like, you know, Jin Sakai and Ghost of Tsushima, I think is still one of my favorite characters of the last decade. Mm-hmm. So what about Kirby and Kirby in the Forgotten Land? Haven't played it yet. It's on my shelf. Oh, man. Well, I know it's it's great. Uh, he puts his whole mouth around a, a vending machine. It was wild. Okay. I'm going to put a pin in this before it gets out of hand. We start talking about some funky things. <laughs> Are you um, a little worried about that? Yeah, yeah. I got a little, I got a bit spicy then. Yeah, he's got a yeah. puppy in the room. You got to you gotta watch it, Marty. Oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> and I, at SFW. I let my, it's really warm in my, in my house right now. And I let the puppy out of the, the crate because it's too hot for her. And she just found every squeaky toy in the room and was Incredible. like, I'm going to chew this now. I so I was it. like, I've got to get this. Damn. So if someone asked the question, who let the dogs out? It was you. It was you, me. I you, made you, you. a, my first ever game jam I did. For anyone in chat who doesn't know what a game jam is, it's, it's where you, uh, game designers make a game in 24 hours straight mm-hmm. or 48. The first one I ever did was the prompt was uh, one hit wonders and we chose who let the dogs out and we made a game about using your your like off sonar to find dogs and put them back in the kennels. <laughs> um, I was really good but then they were like they, they did the thing and they were like oh yeah you guys would have won but it didn't meet the theme enough. <laughs> So everyone did one hit. You would die in one hit. And we were yeah. the only team to not do like die in one hit. We did like That's one funny. hit wonder. Yeah. And they were like, nah, I didn't meet the theme. I was so Shit. pissed off. I, I still, I do like our sonar though. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Stuff. It was me going arf and it just like pulsed out. It was dumb. Yeah. It sounds <laughs> a lot like a dog too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of devices that can create arf sonar, uh, Nick, you've been, uh, you've been dabbling in your Steam Deck a lot. That yeah. wasn't a real transition. That was a very bad transition. No, I respect it. Okay, thank you. I don't, think, uh, I don't think my Steam Deck has Sonar on it. I mean, it, it pings me when I want to play it, but, you know. You can jailbreak it and then install Sonar on it. Yeah, you hold yeah. all triggers at the same time. Or... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the sound I make. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I turn it on. Just arf. Yeah. Happy, arf. happy arf. <laughs> that's actually all Steam Decks are Gabe Newell saying arf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Confirm. Congrats, uh, I'm but, getting your pre-order. Yeah, I've been, I have been playing, I have been quite addicted to the Steam Deck over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know just kind of part of it's because like my my roommate's been in in my office at night you know so i can't come in here and play my games and all that so i was like ah you know i have the steam deck i can play my computer games on that if i want um and as i've said you know in past podcast i I finished children of mordon it. i finished haven uh and then i just like went crazy and downloaded like every game i could think of that i would want to play on the steam deck and i've been trying a bunch of different ones so like the, the game i'm addicted to now on the steam deck is path of exile uh, finally got hooked on oh, that. Oh, you finally jumped on that train. Yep, finally got hooked on it. Yeah. I'm like in Act that, 2, and I was like, oh, there's 10 Acts. This is a beefy ARPG. It's like a clean addiction loop in that game. Yep, yep. So I've been playing a lot of that. Um, I've been playing uh, Ruin King, the League of Legends story on the Steam Deck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some games that like say... So like one of the fun things about the Steam Deck right now uh, in its early days is finding like, oh, hey, it says this game's unsupported, and then if I you know do some digging and find like on reddit or youtube like a tour how to get it working you know that that's like a little game in itself i you know i like i like kind of like just yeah, making yeah, yeah. things work like emulation all that. Stuff. yeah so i uh ruin king was unsupported and then i was able to change it to like proton experimental proton is like the linux space 
kernel software yeah. that is letting you play the games uh and so i turned it on for experimental and ruin king now works on steam deck so hell playing, yeah playing all of that uh the one game i was really excited to get working on steam deck because i don't know why it just seems like a perfect game to play on the go uh was elder scrolls online so that one is technically unsupported but you you type in some like commands and all that to get it to launch a certain way and um, set up a controller layout so that you can use your thumb pad to like log in and stuff and then it works perfect on console it runs at like 60 frames at ultra settings uh, around steam deck and i was like man it makes you think why they're not up and ready to go like if it's so I, easy for someone to jailbreak that why aren't the developers well, spending I, well i haven't jailbroke it it's um it's a, you, like I'm, I'm not gonna put windows on it because like the steam os for is built yeah. around linux uh but uh yeah i don't i don't know what like a lot of it comes down to anti-cheat for like a lot of the multiplayer games so like i see okay yeah just wait till it like, thinks you're cheating yeah yeah once i get destiny on there like bungie's not supporting it yet and like back in like november they're like oh you have to tell us you want it on steam deck because like just make it available on steam deck like, yeah just why do the that fuck now. not <laughs> like pay, Pro- proton pay yeah the proton already supports support. like uh anti-cheat software so like just do it <laughs> anti cheats a bitch like yeah I'm, a lot of people know from from game nights um, the what is it easy anti cheat thinks my keyboard is a hacking device and <laughs> kicks me out if i don't turn off all the drivers for my keyboard it's what i yeah. don't understand uh, it like one one of the games that it supports it right now is apex legends i've been testing that on the steam deck mm. uh, and that runs mostly well uh, okay but so i actually got sent think i have it in here right now so i got sent um St- uh, steam deck docs for review so it's basically like a, a switch dock or you just plug it into your tv put the steam deck on it plug it in and then you can play your games on the tv through the steam deck so like i essentially have my whole computer library on my steam deck that I can just now play on my tv and then the dock upscales it to 4k and even has an oh. ethernet port in it that's so, so good yeah just hey, what do you what do you use a con- as a controller uh, it's got USB ports. So I can just hook in a PS5 or Xbox controller. Okay, it's great. Like I, yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't using the Steam Deck a whole lot when I first got it, and then yeah, now I'm just like, this is my favorite new device, and I'm gonna be using it all the time. Uh, shame works. Shame works. Shame works. <laughs> I've I've been the same recently um, with my Switch. I play the Switch docked so much, especially if I need to make a video, I have to have it docked. Um, and that was my preferred way of playing that I kind of forget that it's a handheld. Mm-hmm. And I was playing Pokemon the other day in the evening and I was like, this feels wrong playing yeah. it on a TV. They're like, this feels wrong. So I just took it out of the dock and like, it was a whole different experience. I was like, oh, I'm going to go downstairs and just sit on the sofa. This God, is great. That's so <laughs> funny. I am the literal opposite with my Switch. Yeah, I'm always 99.999% handheld mode. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, with this like I've literally there. never seen what Zelda looks like on my TV. <laughs> I've I put like 500 yeah, hours in that game, and I've good. literally never seen it. Yeah, it looks like Zelda, but it's on a TV. I yeah. uh, I don't know what it is about the handheld things, but like I, JRPGs just felt feel right on handheld over. Yeah, and I and yeah. I think and I think it's That's just because like mm-hmm. there's not a lot going on on screen. Like you're just kind of clicking options to attack and stuff, and it just feels better. Yeah when it's like right there in the palm of your hand for some reason. Yeah. And any game that you have to like grind in or anything, like I, I don't mind grinding levels when I can watch a TV show at the same time or, you know, watch yeah. a movie or a football game. Pokemon's like that yeah. for me. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't, 
I'm gonna say it because now I'm laughing about it. I was gonna say I don't mind grinding in bed, and then the, you know, and then hey. I was like, well, as soon as I started it's saying it, I was like, oh, I shouldn't say that, and then I'm like, well, now everybody's gonna tell me to say it anyway. So here it goes. I have that nearly every half an hour when we're on streams. So I'm like, yeah, I should not be thinking this. I'm gonna shoot from the head. It's fine. It's fine. Yep, there's your editor for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm excited to keep like more and more games coming out on this. You know, that are supporting Steam Deck out of the gate now because you know people know it's a viable platform. It keeps selling out. I think that thing is going to continue selling like hotcakes. Um, I just really hope they don't release. I mean, I guess I got a review unit of it, so I guess I don't care. But I also, you know, don't want to have to upgrade right away. I hope they don't release an upgraded unit like in the next year. <laughs> I absolutely hope they do. Fuck all you freebie boys. When I, when I pay for one, I want to get a better one. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, that's my whole thing. Well, aside from the fact that I literally can't get one right now, because if you pre-order one, it's like, well, we'll see you in 2023. I don't know if the world no, will be they, gone. They just, every, everybody's getting their pre-orders through now because they just up. Those were pre-orders from like way back when. From 1995. Yeah, yeah those were like people who pre-ordered like a, the day you could pre-order. but like The day you were born. Uh, yeah, you sign your birth certificate and your pre-order. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. You you grab a put a put twenty five dollars into a certified bond, and it <laughs> yeah. matured over the course of thirty years, yeah, and you're yeah. able to get a Steam Deck <laughs> turned into um, a Steam Deck. Yeah, I'm excited to get it so I could just I, I just just play a bunch of fucking emulators on it. I just want to turn my Steam Deck into like a fucking GameCube. That's oh really yeah, yeah. yeah I've got so I've got my I've got my PS2 emulator working on it. Uh, I haven't gone back to the other emulators yet. I, I, what I really want to get Xbox 360 emulation working on it, but Xenia, that feels like that might be tough. Xenia, yeah, Xenia is, isn't like super advanced yet. So yeah, weird, yeah. Weird, weirdly, like there's more PS3 emulation. Yeah, I think people have put a lot more time into pre- PS3 emulation because yeah. it's such like a weird fucked up thing that people almost saw it as like a hobby of trying to figure out how to emulate the ps3 actually I guess. get through that stuff yeah 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 I've i mean sony sony hasn't figured it out yet so no nope. yeah i've seen yeah. videos of, well, yeah i guess you probably won't need to emulate for much longer though, with all their stuff coming to but uh, yeah that's my next uh my next thing is like try death stranding on the deck i'm like but i mean i haven't found a game that that thing cannot run yet i mean i think path of exile is the only game that i've had significant performance issues with mm-hmm. um which I'm not even at like low settings and I think they just need to optimize it more for the steam deck. Uh, but other than that, like, I mean, it runs ACE combat seven, like a dream, like no problem with that. I haven't had any problem running, uh, apex legends on it really. I haven't had any problem. I can't think of a game that I've really had a problem running on it yet. I just, I just can't get out of my head. The idea of playing death stranding while actually going for a hike. <laughs> And actually, and actually falling down a hill. Yeah, yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Oh and no! My I broke my steam deck. Out my <laughs> I need, oh, my steam I brought my rock star energy drink with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited though. I'm. Uh, I think it's only a good thing, and I'm curious if the steam deck would have existed had the switch not been a, such a massive success. And I'm yeah. not saying that they were like trying to chase the switch or anything, but I think the switch proved how um you know it, it feels like we always go through those cycles of is handheld gaming dead with a question mark i don't see i think i think, this, the, I think the missing link the entire time was that they didn't focus on indies for handheld yeah they kept trying to make like you know these experiences that you can only have on handheld and everything it's like no people just want if i can't play on my computer and i want to go play ruin king 
give it to me on a handheld and yeah. I'll continue my and the biggest the biggest thing for me is the the cloud saves where mm-hmm. like I can be playing Disco Elise on my computer and then take it right to my deck and keep going oh. to my bedroom. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's, oh, that's clean. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. It, it's it's a huge I think it's I, I think people I don't think people like necessarily want handheld gaming. I think they want the convenience of it of like you know you get your whole you know indie game and i don't know i just indie games are like i i find much more enjoyment playing them on handheld like i, I tried playing children of Morta on my tv and i just couldn't do it like it just the pixel art and everything just looks better on handheld to me <laughs> yeah 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 i'm, I'm curious that. if steam deck's gonna make a uh, splash in japan or not because um pc gaming has never really been too huge in japan and yet uh but handheld gaming has been like handheld mm-hmm. gaming has almost been king in Japan for a long time, and I, I would the Switch is far and away the most popular thing. You can, there's all kinds of JRPGs and stuff on computer too, like you know. Yeah, stuff that you can't get on stuff that you can't get on Switch. Like as mm-hmm. as pretty good as the Switch library is, it's still missing a whole lot of shit. So, yeah, let me say no. I'm definitely uh, like I said. I'm definitely I'm definitely interested in getting myself a Steam Deck. I am in the the opposite of you, where I am like hesitant because I've been, you know, I I know the Apple cycle of they'll be inevitably whenever you well, get a phone they're gonna be, announce a new one to be fair though like knowing you the games that you're gonna play on it is not gonna matter for a performance upgrade <laughs> yeah yeah no that that is true but it is just even one of those things in principle where like i don't want to <laughs> yeah buy it's a tech it thing a i gotta have new things. it's a horrible feeling when i yeah. I, I upgraded my phone after seven years and i bought a brand new iphone and then literally the day after they announced the the 13 <laughs> yeah and we're like fuck you it's coming out in like a month and i was like yeah, yeah. if i just waited a month i'd have yeah, a new one. yeah. but essentially if you do that you would just literally wait forever because you'd yeah, be like yeah. well no maybe they'll do another one exactly in five months and, yeah. you need to take that plunge sometime uh, buy Andrew, a steam deck everyone <laughs> Andrew hickam asked if i have the high-end steam deck yes i do have the the one with the 512 ssd uh, you probably do not want to get the base model. You want to get the one with the SSD in it. <laughs> Cause, uh, oh, yeah. Load, load screen's going to be in, a bit in, jank. Well, yeah, interestingly, though. So I have the SSD, and then I got a one terabyte micro SD card for the Steam Deck. Um, ESO is loading in off the SD card, and it's plenty fast, which is shocking to me. I, mm. So, like, the, I mean, the SSD on the Steam Deck is really good. I, I mean, it loads everything up very quickly, but even mm-hmm. my SD card like with ESO installed which I figured would take an eternity to install <laughs> to load on there uh, is very quick yeah how much was that terabyte SSD card or a like terabyte card 200 something that's pretty pricey I yeah but it's like a little <laughs> it's this I can't believe they got a terabyte of data on something as small as my thumb <laughs> you do have a very small thumb though to be honest, we call you Johnny Small Thumbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Jay's next anatomy is the anatomy of Johnny Small Thumbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't it told did, you yet. It is also not going to perform well. It is yeah. going to. It is going to. I tank. spent the entirety. Uh, you thought I was working in Iceland and going off to film all those docs. I was just sneaking around taking pictures of your thumbs. <laughs> I should have thrown those darts at you. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> you know the reason they uh you know that new uh the, the new telescope that's taking all those crazy pictures of space yeah uh the reason they built it was the take pictures of your thumbs yeah yes today long yeah long range yeah. pictures of your thumbs yeah uh this is the dumbest i don't know Techno- the technology is. still isn't there yet we're nearly <laughs> <Yeah>. there <laughs> also by the way every few years i'm reminded how cool space is and seeing those pictures i'm like damn space is really cool 
I absolutely adore space. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, I feel like every once in a while I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not like super super into space, and then I see those pictures, I'm like, no, fuck yeah, space forever. Space is space forever confirmed. <laughs> yeah, anatomy of space that's coming after small thumbs. Uh, what yeah, yeah. what have we been playing and watching, boys? Anything neat? Can we talk about the, the old boys? man? Uh, the old man's great. Yeah, I keep telling right. people the old man. I'm, I'm, I'm almost caught up. Man. Okay, well, I'm almost caught up. It's really good. But is that the one with um Jeff Bridges? Jeff Bridges is he doing his fucking dumb cowboy voice? Uh, it's like his normal his Jeff Bridges like voice. Like I mean, a little Shut bit. Up, I think Jeff. that's just how he, he sounds. Did, he did Tree Grit, right? Yeah. And then every role he's ever been in, he's just started doing that old, like horrible cowboy old man <laughs> voice, and I can't take him seriously. I don't... He's in um R.I.P.D., which is that movie's kind of fun dreadful it's a dreadful movie so, but it's fun but he's like before we talk more the, about the old man marty explain to the audience what the old man is because i bet a bunch of people don't know what this show is yet uh the old man I is uh I, I believe in in fx on hulu show yes. so you can watch it on hulu uh and uh i guess without going into spoilers uh jeff bridges plays a a, a retired uh a someone who was doing wet works for like cia um and he's retired and sort of moved that He's, he's left that life behind him and is trying to live out sort of off the grid in the middle of nowhere uh but the past is slowly catching up with him so it's how this um old man is uh uh, uh handling the combination of both like the the mistakes he made in his personal life as well as sort of the the ghosts in the past of his professional life um and so, it's very well shot and yeah incredibly well shot really yeah. good and, really good dogs. He's got two good dogs. Yep. And, and then the most surprising part to me was the casting of the past and present is on point. <clears throat> like it is really the, good. The, yeah. the actor they got to play younger him is perfect for it. And I, uh, the actor that also plays a younger, uh, the FBI guy, what's his name? John Lithgow. Yeah. Uh, John Lithgow's great. Super, super good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah like it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty it's a really dark show but i really like the mm-hmm. mystery like how they're unfolding the mystery through it and yeah it's just like i think like it's a step above i think like other fx shows in terms of like quality and production value i actually think fx has a really high i think fx is like secretly one of the best um like i really like uh re- i really like reservation dogs produced by uh, taika watiti about native americans i thought that was excellent um fargo has been great devs was awesome uh what we do in the shadows Oh, I love. I guess I, I guess I haven't watched a bunch of their like Hulu produced stuff. Yeah, so they've they've gotten much better. They used to be like sort of a poor man's AMC. Yeah, and now they're like a a competent man's. AMC. Yeah, I, I would say they're better in AMC now. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, production value. Yeah, I mean AMC kind of their heyday. You know, after after Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Granted, Better Call Saul's back, which is yeah, excellent new episode. Big yes. fan. Very excited for that. Um, but yeah, check out the old man. It's uh, it's it's really good. I'm a little bummed. They, I mean, I don't know why I'm bummed. They announced a second season, um, and I'm like, I kind of wanted just this to be a one and done. Huh. But I, I think that of a lot of shows. The story yeah. feels. I don't know. I've, I feel like the story has so many threads going on. Like it, it was going to need a second season. Yeah, yeah, and you could definitely. There's like enough. Uh, I don't know lore. I guess behind there's enough like history in this world and their characters to where you can you can go off in a bunch of different directions. I also hope uh, those threads have steam to finish. I get, yeah. 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 Well, I think, yeah, the characters are compelling enough already. Like I, it's one of those shows where 
I watched the first episode and I'm like, yeah, all right. I like all this. Cool. Like, all the, all the, the acting is on point. Like I was instantly interested in like, why, you know, why is this guy being hunted down? Like, it, it, I don't know. It was and the atmosphere. I don't know what it is. The atmosphere of the show is like really sometimes like those, those like mystery thriller shows just have like this aurora around it where like, it's kind of pulls you into the mystery really well, where it's like, you're yeah. constantly asking questions and this show has me doing that. And I like that. It's kind of like somebody mentioned in there and like severance where it's like, I didn't really know what was happening. This kind of has that same feel to me, except yeah, not, yeah, not like but the it, weirdness of it. But right from the get go, it feels like you're in Compton hands, like both in terms of like the writing to the direction and the actors. And like that's sort of the, the magic of TV now is they're able to get like literally some of the best actors in the world mm-hmm. to be on yeah. these shows. Um, I mean, Severance getting John Turturro and Christopher Walken, and then this getting um, Jeff Bridges and stuff. Um, yeah, big fan of that. Does young Jeff, the actor who plays young, young Jeff Bridges, does he also have a dumb voice? Uh, everyone has a dumb voice. Yeah. Oh, have you ever heard yourself? You have a dumb voice. Fucking roasted. Now the guy that guy that plays young, <laughs> young Jeff Bridges just sounds like a normal American to me. Uh, and then he <laughs> aged. He got. He hit fifty, and before yeah. he sounded. He sounded then fine. Then I he like your, your Jeff Bridges impression. Sounds like Billy Bob Thornton in Sling Blade. No, it sounds like Jeff Bridges in anything. <laughs> yeah, anything but, past like 2008, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, it's more. It's more the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was more like the likeness of the characters that they, I think they did really, really yeah, well. They did. Yeah. I really want to see it. Which I I, kind of shocked it. me at first. I was like, whoa, like this guy looks exactly like they younger like Jeff Bridges it. might look. <laughs> yeah. It's like young Jack Black in um, Tenacious D. It's just mm. like perfect. Yeah. The other, Tony the other, Stark built it in a cave with a box of scraps. The other epic exactly. show I haven't, like I love Sons of Anarchy, but I haven't kept up on Mayans. I've, I've never watched Sons of Anarchy. Oh, Sons Motorcycles of Anarchy are too loud. So Motorcycles are too loud. Oh my god, you are you have to watch Sons of Anarchy, Marty. I watched no, like no. the first few seasons, and I was watching it adamantly with my my girlfriend at the time. And then I I came back from like a work trip, and she had watched an entire season without me, and I felt so stabbed in the back <laughs> that I boycotted that show. It's no, like, I thought you were going to say you came back from vacation and she Anarchy. joined a biker gang. It's, it's <laughs> she one was. Sons of Anarchy is like one of the best family dramas I've ever seen. You have to watch it. Yeah, what I watched of it is incredible. Uh, I don't have time to watch Sons of Anarchy because I'm rewatching Game of Thrones. God damn it, Marty. Uh, <laughs> Stop rewatching yeah, stuff. Wanna, uh, let me tell you guys, the first eight episodes of Game of Thrones. The, the new show of Game of Thrones is a prequel to Game of Thrones, so you should have waited till after you watched the prequel to watch the original. That's not yeah. how time yeah. works. Yeah, gonna be no, all these you dro- you're going to be watching the new Game of Thrones, nope. and they're going to be talking about Viserys, and you're going to be like, who's Viserys? And I'm going to be like, I know who Viserys is. You're Let me tell you watching, the Targaryen lineage. Uh, well, well I know, because I watch Hulk Shift X. Comes out. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones, though, wonderful. I'm so happy to be back in that world. And everyone's going to be like, man, but it doesn't end well. Again, I'm going to beat this drum forever. If an ending is bad, it does not ruin what came before it. Doesn't matter if it's a game, doesn't matter if it's a movie, an ending does not ruin what came before it. So Solid. if it's fucking six seasons of bangers and then two seasons of meh, that's still what? Tell fucking... that's Mass Effect 3. Tell that to Star Wars. I mean, I've never played any of them, so, but I've heard that's got the. Have you also never played them. Mass Effect? No. What's wrong with you guys? Why are you not playing Mass Effect? What's no, I know what we need to start doing on Friday streams. We need to start Can we just do a full Mass Effect playthrough? Oh, God. That would take a long time. That would take 
to the end of the year. <laughs> no, you, no. If you, for if, like one game. No, yeah. if, you guys, if you guys did a replay of Mass Effect, it wouldn't take you that long. It wouldn't be a replay. It would just be a play. <laughs> you, do it. Yeah. Let's do this remix. But you're, you're neglecting Make to that, think that yeah. I'm shit at games. So it'll take me eight times as long as it takes yeah, you a normal person. Can't you put it on a baby mode? Baby bone. Baby bone. Yeah, I need one of those. Baby bones? The Mass Effect games aren't even hard. Sorry. That's some Jeff Bridges uh, bleeding in. Rainbow. I like my Mass Effect on baby bones. Right. You guys had white, neon white posted up for Friday. I said oh. you guys started your playthrough on Mass Effect instead. Well, we can't. We gotta. We gotta do one neon. We gotta tell people how good neon white is, and then we can start Mass Effect. That's all right. We've, I... we've, we've told neon white's good so many times. Go play. No, Mass we Effect. haven't. We haven't. No, it's, no. First off, you, we played it once you can, with you. You can say it at the start you... of the stream, and then you can and then you can play Mass Effect. We'll play Mass Effect, but only talk about neon white. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. won't even address anything that's on the screen. I like this. Well, I like this. You play neon white on on your monitor, and I'll I'll stream Mass Effect, and we'll just, I'll just watch yours stream on on Discord, and <laughs> it's we'll just, just running in a circle. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see I don't see what uh, what's, what's it's wrong like the with shots that. yesterday, Nick, when Squad, where you're like getting these amazing kills, and my gameplay in Squad is just me walking forward for 25 minutes <laughs> trying to get to the objective. You should have what you should have been doing is you should have been following Nick and you should have almost been like a, a wartime documentarian. Can, we were we, doing we, that. We, we, we literally yeah. said that and then we both got killed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick went. Oh, it would be really sick if they had a wartime doc, uh, documentarian like class, and then they just got headshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so good. It was, oh. it was really good timing. <laughs> in Hell at Loose, we were doing that, but in Squad, I could never get on Nick's team, so I was just constantly trying to find him, and I just. <laughs> my footage in that was grim but hell that's really funny there's also there's uh, also there's also a scene in the squad where i thought i was healing a guy but i was just dragging him across the floor <laughs> <laughs> let me heal you yeah and then i go i thought the floor was magical and i, I, I was communicating with, i was talking with the randoms so i was like oh i was just dragging you across the floor what's the heal button he thought it was pretty funny it's funny <laughs> i in hospitals I popped into your. <laughs> that's absolutely what they do with us. Yeah. There's a whole episode of The Old Man about it. He gets yeah, a bullet yeah. wound, and they're like, "We just got to drag him across the." Floor. Like, oh, you got a bullet wound, <laughs> and then they distract him. I, uh, I I popped into your stream for like a minute uh, yesterday and watched a little bit of it, and I was so confused because I heard many voices with accents, and yeah. I kept looking, and Jamate's mouth wasn't moving, and it was also <laughs> not his voice, and I was like, "What is the stream?" There was the, the beginning of the stream was incredible because I had loaded in for the first time trying to sort out my settings so I could film with like no UI, like get everything sorted, sound all done. And I'm there's this shot in the stream at the beginning where Nick's popping off and gets like six kills in like ten seconds, and there's just me in the corner like looking at the, my menus like what the fuck is this? The juxtaposition between <laughs> you what you think was incredible. I like it. I like it. That's perfect. You what? You what? Oh god. Yeah, we also um, uh, we also I played through all of Hell at Loose, not realizing that my microphone wasn't actually broadcasting my voice. So I was making call-outs to my squad and everything the entire time, and they couldn't hear any of it. Why the yeah. fuck are they doing what I'm saying? And then, well, and then, yeah, like I didn't understand that they couldn't hear me because I forgot that your name doesn't pop. Your name pops up if you're actually speaking. And then mm. my my squad leader got mad at me and popped me in the back of the head for not talking. That's really funny. Yeah, he yep. kicked you from the squad and then shot you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. He kicked me from the squad and then immediately killed me. You're fired. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Uh um yeah what else have you have you guys been doing anything else? i finished miss marvel which i really enjoyed uh no spoilers I'm, I'm working on my my review of the season i think it is uh it is it is amongst the best stuff in uh so far a lackluster phase four 
of the MCU. I think it's right up there with Loki as my favorite stuff. I think it's better than any of the movies. Um, Can't wait for your review to go up on YouTube and every fucking person's going to be like, no, you're wrong, Marty. I'm I, I'm really and looking forward to that. I, I love downloaded review of that. I'm a big fan of being told I'm wrong. So um, that's <laughs> that's my thing. Just tell me I'm wrong over and over and over again. Darren, that Mad Man goes through and responds to every comment. I always have to message him like, Darren, you don't have to do this. Don't, don't Darren, be crazy. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Darren, you can just go to bed. Well, I started doing that when I first joined the Escape Fest. I, yeah, yeah, I responded because I, I was used to having a small channel. Yeah. And it was actually on the first first video I uplo- uh, uploaded here. And it was like, Jay, for your sanity, I'm telling you to stop. <laughs> Please stop. You, This will not go well. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. So I respond to like the first, when the video goes up in the first like hour or two, I respond to all of them. And then I just never look at them again. Yeah, there, yeah. Darren is in there. I'll, I'll check like in the middle of the day here when I know it's the midnight for you guys and there's Darren responding to the guys like Darren <laughs> go to bed <laughs> he's too sweet he's too he's too pure for this world he's, he yeah, is too he is. he is too pure <laughs> yeah he's too good for this world although I, I can see like it's kind of funny watching him though because his uh his comments have gotten more like I hate you. <laughs> the longer it's gone, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Darren, uh, don't lose your joy. <laughs> no, don't lose Save your spark. Yourself. Listen, enough time on the internet, everyone loses their spark. Keep the spark alive. It's fine. Um, uh, yeah, and then in terms of, oh, I was just gonna say in terms of games, uh, stuff I can talk about until next week. Mm. But uh, Stray and uh, As Dusk Falls, which I'll talk about next week. Hell yeah! I did download Stray um, on the Steam Deck. Heck yeah! Finish the boys. Season three. Boys. Boys. Good show. It's good show. Yeah, I liked. I liked most of it. I did not. The finale didn't land with me as much as I I was hoping for. A lot of build up for not a lot of anything. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. It's like I don't know. It's kind of like one of those in between seasons. It felt like where like season three is setting up a lot of big stuff that'll pay off in season four. Yeah. Uh. But I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of that. But yeah, like I, I that was. Sucks for me. I was, yeah, I was kind of expecting, like, just based on where the season was going, like Homelander was finally gonna crack. And like I mean, we, did, we didn't. Yeah. He he has. He does, well, he, he does in a very small way. Yeah. But he, well, he definitely has. Small. He has by the end of it. I was expecting to see more of that through the season. Oh, are we spoiling things? No. No. You just not. Have you not seen the boys, Mike? No, I've seen the boys. I oh, I thought you said, "Are we spoiling things?" I, that was me. Sa- no, as in, I have seen it. We should not spoil things in this no, conversation. No, no, I don't think we've. Yeah. My face okay, here yeah. was I mean, a response to Nick saying Homelander hasn't cracked, and I was like, Home- "Homelander cracked three seasons ago," in my opinion. So I think <laughs> well, Homelander cracked the moment he was caught. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the scale of it basically is all. I know he's cracked, yeah. but I'm thinking like at the scale of like where he could go. Uh, oh, he can kind of see. I mean, planet. I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. why I thought I thought season three was going to get us get us there by the end of the season, uh, <laughs> and it's still kind of like roundabouting. But yeah, you know, I I like I like how like um, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, not uh, Ludo narrative dissonance. <laughs> no, it's it's Shut not. Up. I like that it's not hiding like the political commentary that it's making. Uh, oh yeah, where is it? Yeah, yeah, and like the main character of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's like yeah. I don't understand how people are mad at the show. It's like it, it'll like it's woke. It's like oh my Jesus Christ! It's making fun of like all of it. It's uh, people yeah. are dumb and don't understand. <laughs> yeah, what? there's there's literally there's literally a, a, a food stand called the Woke Walk. 
<laughs> I was laughing so hard when I saw that. I was like, oh my yeah. god. I was just about to spoil something, but <laughs> I will bite my tongue. You'll be good. Bite your tongue. I am I'm being good boy. Um Yeah. What else? Any any anything else? Face off is a great movie. Face off is an incredible <laughs> movie. Also, they're remaking Face Off. What? Oh, who's also who's in it? or and do you know who's remaking it? Remember when we played Fucking, what game was it where I told you the developer's brother was the director? That guy's making it. So we did Design Delve with the brother of the director of Face Off. Oh, mate, I'm oh. slightly connected to Face Off. Yeah, like you're it. you're six degrees removed from... I'm six uh, degrees away from Face Off. From Nick Cage, which means you're seven degrees like removed from uh, oh. Jeff Bridges, because I'm sure Nick Cage and Jeff Bridges were in a movie together. And to address... I want to make it fight Rob. To address Helena's comment, what's wrong with being woke? I didn't say there was a problem with being woke. I was just laughing at the the name of the, the store. Yeah, it's it's funny. I have a, I have a big problem with being woke. Who? Yeah, Who? I, I'm yeah. probably being woke right now. I want to go yeah. back to sleep. It's early for you guys, isn't it? Banter, good joke. It's not that early. It's nine in the morning. It's too early for a podcast. It's too early. Go to bed. Yeah, that's right. No ZP today. I'll be in bed. I forgot to post it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Whatever. No Man's Sky. It's either got a bunch of... It's got space, but it's more. And it, wank, wank, you open, wanka, wanka, wanka. You open ZP, and that it's was just, my, that was it's my just a vertical video of Nick in his bed going, Sorry, I was Sals about fam. to sleep. Fam. No, there <laughs> is a ZP today. It was a joke. Shashank, it was a joke. It was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> Me saying I'm not woke was a joke. <laughs> what are all of you doing? No ZP. What is multiple people in the comments now. You know what? Now that... Maybe I think the internet has ruined people's uh, ability to sense sarcasm without directly putting a fucking well, slash sar- and an I'm S. sarcastic all the time, though. So Yeah, I was going to say, is even if point, I'm being sincere, there... everything I say sounds sarcastic. So maybe that's why people think I'm an arsehole. Yeah. I, I mean, also because I'm an arsehole. But, yeah, Jay, I think you know. Jay, Jay sensed how sarcastic I can be. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. It's like every sentence. Because in Iceland, we were just being massive sulky knobheads to each other. It was great. <laughs> like every time they'd ask me a question, I'd be like a sarcastic asshole back. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> all right. Yeah. Anything yeah. uh, else? Says, uh, oh, well, temps of 110 in Vegas. I guess I'm not going to Vegas. 110? Yeah. Celsius. It's almost, it's almost like it's a desert. Yeah, it's a dry heat, though. Wow. Opposed to a wet about Jeff Bridges. Uh, don't say wet heat. What are you doing? This is a fucking <laughs> family show at 10 in the morning. Uh, uh, Nick, do you want to go over the Sumper, Sumper Chats? Super, Sumper Fies? Yeah, you can. If you're going to get your Super Chats in, get them now, because i got to go eat lunch before ZP goes out, and i got to moderate all that stuff. Uh, the Dogmatic Director you donated $5. Before you click a button for ZP to go, it's not like you're going on camera. You're just hitting a button, dog. You can eat lunch during it. I have to go get my lunch. And places you got to make open. your lunch. Places you got to make you. We have to teach not, Nick to cook. No, I know how to cook. I'm not, order, I'm not <laughs> buying anything because I'm moving in a week. Yeah, I mean, you could buy a small amount of things and cook them. No. I did. I blew apron. That's for dinner, though. You blew apron? Yes, Marty. I literally sat there on the floor, blowing Wintu in an apron to see it move. Oh, that'd have been nice. Yeah. See it like flutter, like a little, like a sea sail. I'm not sure where I am anymore. This Marty, this entire conversation derailed my I brain. I, I know. I know how to fix this, Jay. There's one really easy way to fix. Are you this. putting me in the void? Am I muted? You are going into the void. 
I don't want to be here. <laughs> we'll just leave Marty in the void. We can't see his facial reaction. It's, uh, you know, he'll just, he'll just be sitting there. You know, maybe, maybe he's gonna go back to sleep. I don't, you know, I don't know what he's gonna do. Oh, now I completely lost Marty. I can't. Oh, he put himself in the void. He I was gonna bring him back. No one oh. puts baby in a void. Oh, back oh my god! Go. All right, dogmatic director. I would love for a story or donate five dollars. Says I would love for a story to drastically change based on my decisions, but I also don't want to incentivize publishers to crunch devs again to do it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. You can't. You, we just ultimately can't expect that from a massive, a massively budgeted AAA game. I do think like Disco Elysium is the blueprint because it is ultimately like a smaller indie game that's able to have mm. a, a real direct focus as opposed to you know hitting all the quadrants and all that bullshit honestly choice, but, choice, but again, based, choice based games are better when they're shorter yeah but again yeah. i like i don't really i barely touched on this in the episode but disco elysium feels like one of the best choice based games out in the last like 10 20 years but it's still using the exact same tricks that we've been using since the dawn of games and it just does it very very well that game doesn't have a lot of choice in it mm -hmm. um but yeah just it's just gonna it just takes a lot of money and a lot of skill so uh, we'll james see. tarn or james yep james tarn has been a member for four months in a row in early access i don't have a preference it just needs to be done well yeah i would, I would imagine everybody agrees with that everybody sure. liked that according to telltale just do everybody likes that yeah just do it well um yeah i mean that's that's uh i i think that's the key that's my thing with like any whenever we're like oh do you want to customize your character or do you want to have a smoke character or is it better to have real-time combat or turn-based combat like it's like there is no right answer for any of this um yeah, it's so you know what what fits yeah what fits the the goal of the game that you're trying to make um and the story and, you're trying to tell and the story you're trying to tell exactly exactly um so yeah i just i i just personally happen to prefer the linear games just because i don't as someone who who comes from a like a i consume more tv and movies and books than i do games and so that's yeah. just the form of storytelling that that resonates with me most um as opposed to like as much as i like jrpgs like i don't know how much i want to role play in my games if yeah. that makes sense yeah. yeah 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 for sure i don't know maybe that'll change though because as i've gotten like you know i jumped into D D for the first time or at the start of the pandemic and i really enjoyed that kind of storytelling so i, I have no. been uh I have, like i yeah i wasn't big in the role-playing stuff uh and i'm still not really because i just I, I like my stories the way i like them uh but i will like i have been changing up my play style in rpgs lately to be more like charismatic character instead of just attacking everything <laughs> which is yeah that's how you get to role playing like yeah like and i completely agree with marty like that side of the ultimate experience is being able to create your own narrative but in until we have ai that can write the story as you're playing and like and be basically an ai driven dungeon master mm -hmm. we're never going to have that in games and as soon as we do have that all game designers are out of a job because they're just going to be able to make it for the player. So, yeah. Yeah. Boo. Uh, I, I'm assuming this is Bajango. Yeah, Bajango Unchained. Bajango yeah. Unbained. Yeah. Has become a member of Early Access. Thanks for your support. 
Uh, Django. Jack Jwiggins. I don't know why every time I see that name, it just makes me think of Dwight from The Office. I don't know why. I think it's just Jwiggins. <laughs> Jwiggins. Yeah. Dwight I mean, Jwiggins. it is D-W-I-G. <laughs> yeah. like, you're, you're, you're almost at Dwight. Yeah. Uh, three house has been a member for seven months in a row. And bonus kind of says three houses does a great job of deciding the fate of a lit game character by checking if you complete a side story mission. Yeah, I, th- I think I know who you're talking about. And uh, yeah, I do like, I mean, because that game is funny because your path through the game is literally determined right at the start when you choose which of the three houses. And then I guess there's like a little bit of branching if you choose um, a specific house. Um, but yeah, I, it is a game that sort of does the checks to see if have you spent the time to, uh, or have you taken the time to spend time and and bond with the other characters and you know go on their side quests and sort of do these other things and and i think it does it pretty well um that being said like you gotta play that game a lot of times if you want to get the full story this is a lot that's a lot of that's it's called three houses but there's ostensibly four houses so they fucking lied to us uh david bateman donated five dollars says marty endings don't ruin what came before also marty 12 minutes is a terrible game because of its ending no 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 12 minutes is not a terrible game because it's ending. I didn't like 12 minutes from the start. I don't think the time loop doesn't work well for me in 12 minutes. I think the performances are incredibly stilted, which is crazy coming from three actors who I really enjoy. Um, I think the puzzles are incredibly obtuse and, and feel like weird 90s uh, adventure game without like a core logic. And uh, to the ending, like, listen, I don't, the, I am watching Game of Thrones right now, which is all about a brother and sister getting it on. So that part of that part of a of a twist doesn't like impact me negatively at all. I am pro having sex with your family, um, but I, I, no. Clip what that. I'm saying, Clip what? That. I'm, what? I, Wait, what? Uh, get that to Twitter. Get it. Get it to. Get it to. Uh, what's I can't. Remember, what's the fucking conservative Twitter called? <laughs> Truther or whatever the whatever the thing Trump's still saying. I don't know. But yeah, I thought the ending to me was just like uh, we got to the ending and it didn't make it better or worse. It was just like, okay, this is just sort of epitomizing how I feel about the game. Galan Tech in the chat says, incest in yes. That's going to be my... You slick it. That's good. Yeah, my, my campaign slogan for when oh, I'm in office. Oh, jeez. And Frost, and Frost and Jet also says, I see Marty likes a linear family tree instead of branches. <laughs> Gold. <laughs> Tyrell, that's not the official escapist stance on the matter. That's my, that's my stance on the matter. Yeah. <sighs> okay. See, the ending, did the ending of this podcast ruin everything that came before it? Yes, maybe, yes, it did. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> this is all all people remember now <laughs> smarties insist and yes Tasker <laughs> uh, Merrifield has been a member two months in a row in early access if Marty likes Game of Thrones still his Game of Thrones better be 12 minutes <laughs> wait so every, why, why is everyone everyone's, everyone's getting his goatee better be 12 minutes I do like that um I do, I do like how Game of Thrones and 12 Minutes are now just like inevitably twined. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, 12 Minutes of Game of Thrones. Uh, Zikarol has been a member for nine months in a row and bonus kind of says, if I prefer linear or branching sto- stories means I have to remember stories to begin with and I don't remember crap. Linear <laughs> favorite is Dark Cloud. Dark Cloud's great. 
Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud is is I, I want more of the Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud two thing of being able to build up a little city as I play a game, build up my little home base. I'm doing that now as I'm replaying Skies of Arcadia. It's got great great home base building. I don't mean base building my fucking like Excel spreadsheet nonsense, but I just mean like you know being able to being able to to build up a nice little home you can come Make back a little to home. Again. Yeah, yeah so you're building all your home for your little incest babies. <laughs> this is it's a big family thing. It's, it's a very <laughs> large family. Yeah, you all have one big bedroom, don't you? Okay, that's gross. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the fucking line, is it, Martin? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's on. that's that's our Spec Ops line right there, and you crossed it. <laughs> also, another great game, but in Spec Ops line. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you guys didn't pay attention enough in the game. Yeah, you didn't get to that branch a... in the story. <laughs> yeah. That's where the sand came from. Gen- genocide, incest. <laughs> that's the branching path. <laughs> Uh, Beast Mars donated two dollars. Says, "Put Marty in the void, please." I put I, myself I, in the I void. Did. I'm in the void. There you go. Yes, this is just where I am. The rest of the podcast. He, he put the hood over his yeah. webcam. Marty's, He's going to take it to a different location. Marty's been playing more, too much Metal Gear Solid lately. Dun dun dun. That's got a decent <laughs> amount of incest too. That's where we're going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, that was the last super chat to put you in the void. So I thought you were going to say that was the last episode of Breakout ever, which is possible. Uh, I, That's I, we're going to have to break Marty out of his incest voids. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's after eight episodes, it seems to be going fine for the Lannisters. So I, I don't I, know what could possibly I, go wrong. I kind of, I kind of feel like Marty might have actually enjoyed twelve minutes now, and he's just been lying the whole time. I didn't, which sucks. It's, it's like I it's am... like that. It's like that girl in school. That you're like, I hate her. I hate her. Now secretly, you like her. You got secretly, the I love her. <laughs> yeah, you kind of micro bully the the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's micro bullying twelve minutes, yeah, 12 minutes <laughs> because he he likes it. <laughs> He, he, he got to that twist most, and he was like, yes, I was waiting all day for this. The, the thing, thing that bugged me the most, the most about 12 minutes is she's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't like it despite the fact that it has three of my favorite things, which are time loops, uh, Willem Dafoe, and incest. And mixing your meats. Now that makes so much more meats. sense. You don't like what mixing your meats because you want all your meats to be the same. <laughs> oh my God. There you go. <laughs> Keep the bloodline pure. <laughs> Again, I'm just learning from the Lannisters. <laughs> yeah, Marty, is... Marty, you, you should have been the one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I, 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 my career is Caesar King's, King's three playthrough. I was <laughs> screwing my, my, my daughter-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it. <laughs> uh uh, Diggis with five pounds is Oedipus <laughs> Rex in the chat. Welcome, Oedipus Rex. Oedipus <laughs> Rex. Yeah, Marty, you, you probably maybe you would like children or more. It's so one family tree. Oh, but it looked boring. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it looked really boring. Let me be honest. Still a more to. It's a good story. It's a good story. Gameplay, gameplay is kind of eh, but story is good. Anyway, that's it. That's the end. We did it, guys. We did it. That was breakout. That was breakout number forty-eight. We finished strong. Um, None of us will be able to run for public office, but that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Apparently, you can run for public office now. Yeah, I was about to say. I think all (laughs) bets are off over the last six six (laughs) years. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. Where can where can folks find you? What can folks check out? 
you can find me on the escapist uh just in early access i have a new episode of anatomy which is on the illusion of choice part two on disco elysium you've heard me talking about that for a while in depth um you can also check me out on my personal channel i'm gonna be streaming um twitch.tv <laughs> and also keep an eye out i am currently working on the trailer for an indie game that i'm working on Ooh, um that's gonna be dropping cool. soon um and I'm very excited to show you guys that. So that'll be coming out at some point. I'll keep everyone informed. But yeah, that's me. Heck yeah, that's super exciting. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll go over when it's over my, my stuff. Uh, Nick, what do you have going on? This is it for me. Uh, got post- like forever? <laughs> yep. Yeah, <I'm, laughs> this is it. It just dies am, as soon uh, as the stream's over. I mean, te- technically, like once I enter that 110 degree heat in Vegas, I might as well enter the void and just yeah, terminate. Are you, are you staying like out. in the hotel where the thing is? Like, I you am. Just never go outside? Just, yeah, I am. But just knowing that it's that hot, well, like I don't know. Sometimes you get unlucky in the Midwest and you fly on those little airplanes, and then you got to get out on the tarmac and walk to the fucking. That happens a lot of McCarran. That is uh, true. Yeah. So if I have to do that and I have to walk in 110 degree heat, I'm just going to sit on the ground and accept my fate as death. <laughs> Yeah, this is I'm where I fair. die. Yeah. Well, uh, we had a good run. But We're yes, never going to uh, finish this, the this, King. We won't this, know is how it my, ends. this is my last stream this week because I, I leave for Vegas tomorrow morning. Uh, but make sure to tune in today for ZP if you're a member because it's uh, revisiting No Man's Sky, which I'm really excited about that I finally convinced Marty to do it. And he roasts me in the, the video for doing it. Marty? Uh, I mean, uh, I Yahtzee. No nope, Yahtzee. Is it, you're doing the ZP. It, See, the, my thing was if, all of those quotes that I had today on the podcast, you contribute them to Yahtzee. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, and then uh, uh, Post ZP will be with Jack today on No Man's Sky, so that'll be fun. Jack Packard, yep, Jack Packard on, on Post ZP, and then uh, tomorrow is Thursday, which means the X Punctuation Resident Evil will go public, and then uh, tomorrow Jack will also be back again for another Elden Ring playthrough. Uh, he'll be going three hours tomorrow, twelve to three p.m. Central. He thinks we might be able to get close to finishing it then, which is I'd, wild. That'd be. I'd be it uh, is yeah he's not that far i think jack sitting and watching jack play elden ring in this explosions only run might be the highest level of play no offense to you nick might be the highest level of play i've ever sat in uh on a let's play with anyone here <laughs> i'm sure it is crazy how how like well watching jack a wild beast devour its male it really is like i want the the attenborough like uh, uh narration of it and here's uh, yeah. the wild package the more <laughs> the more impressive part to me is just how well he knows the game like yeah, he knows wild. where everything is. He knows like I, he's also, but he does that. I think he has a guy next to him too. Oh he yeah, yeah, he has a checklist and everything. Oh okay, but, well that's not that impressive. Yeah. Jack, Jack is lame. I think it's incredibly <laughs> impressive. I don't know what you're <laughs> saying. I'm wildly <laughs> impressed by it. I'm kidding. Uh, and then uh, Saturday for game night. Not sure what you guys are playing. I, I may or may not be here for that. But uh, no oh, fucking who's gonna be here? Is anyone gonna be here? I'm gonna be here. No, uh, no Lord be. of the Rings stream tomorrow. No Metal Gear Solid tomorrow. Just Jack stream, and then uh, Friday no Divinity, and then Jack or but Marty, Marty and on Jack Friday, Jamate and I will be starting our weekly streams at noon Central. Um, we're gonna be kicking things off with Neon White, and I know we've streamed it before. But we streamed it once with with a little bit with Nick, and he wasn't really he was he wasn't having it. What? I feel like I Nick like wasn't it. wasn't you weren't giving it your old college try. Oh, what we I liked getting, it. We were getting I, I was we were getting B plus Nick. We weren't getting A plus Nick. I should buy it on Switch, and uh, I should just do the entire stream of trying to beat your scores. Uh, oh my god, that would be really sad. 
Probably now I'm going to play it tonight and try to do it. Um, and so, yeah, we started with, uh, we'll be starting with neon white. Um, but yeah, we're going to be making it a weekly stream and, uh, we kind of have a theme in choice, uh, like sort of the, the idea around it, what we want to do, but maybe it's just going to turn into a mass effect stream. So who knows? <laughs> we don't actually know. We will see. Uh, but yeah, stick around for that. And then I should have my Miss Marvel, uh, three MR up, uh, most likely tomorrow as well. Sounds good. And then we got two last last two super chats. David Bateman donated oh. $2. Says, uh, this is my favorite episode yet. Oh, thanks, David. <laughs> Andrew Hickenbaum donated two pounds. Says, great last today. Thanks, fellas. Incest brings all the money in. I don't, I don't, what? Like, I don't like this break. All right, Catholic final words. On. Press the press the big red button. Nick. I, kill us. <laughs> I, I, uh, I all right, kill I wrote, us. we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you back here uh, three o'clock normal time for post CP with Jack and Yahtzee on No Man Scott. Now you ruin linear narratives for me because now all I can think of linear that narratives is linear nice. family line. <laughs> <laughs> well, turns out you don't like linear narratives at all, do you? No, more yeah. of a branching boy. Yeah.